that out on the inside like i can only imagine like how long it takes for like mildew and shit to start growing in those things so i mean they're not this do you do the uh do you do the vinegar method no what's that it's where you take like uh like half a pot of of like distilled vinegar and hot water and you just kind of just like brew it through the coffee maker like two or three times and it should clean it out wow i wish you had told me that before maybe i wouldn't be swinging the, the glass coffee pot around the, the kitchen <laughs> oh well oh well you live and you learn at least now we kn- you'll know next time yeah at least now we know what to do to take care of it going forward <laughs> yeah just do that like every couple of months yeah well should be good you uh you got the vid boyo is that I got the COVID. Is that the first time? For the first time. Oh, it's the first time? Damn. Yeah, it's somehow well, honestly, now that I uh know what it feels like or what this certain strain feels like, I probably had it uh a couple months ago after FYA cuz I oh, felt really? the exact same. It seems yeah. familiar. Damn, yeah, I just kind of had like mild flu flu symptoms like I was just really achy and had the chills and uh sore throat. And uh, I was like, yo, I'm feeling kind of bad, but I don't really want to call out of work because I've gone into work like that before, you know, foolishly. But Carly was like, you should maybe take a test because uh, of the whole spike going on. And I was like, uh, fuck. Did you end up losing your sense of taste? I feel like that's a big symptom that a lot of people have been having. No. uh, For some reason, I, I put time in like everything just because it's it's so fucking good uh-huh it makes everything better but like this past week and a half i've been using time it like smells and tastes like mold now time that's t-h-y-n-e yeah. like an herb the, the herb the yeah. herb the herb it wasn't really that bad i got a couple extra days off of work after already asking off after the show but, uh, yeah, how how was the house show? I I know that who played that show for the people that don't know. So that that w- that show was uh it was burning strong, struck nerve, and then our locals forced neglect it and apprehend. So a nice okay. a nice four band bill. Yeah, I'm assuming anybody that listened to the last episode knows that Donnie did mention it at some point that that show was coming up. I didn't mention it at all because we weren't planning on going to it, but we just went to the uh, the candy record release a couple nights ago and. Uh, it was a cool show too. It's been a minute since I've been to five two nine, um, and uh, pretty cool show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it looked pretty crazy. Yeah. What about yours? How small was the uh, the house? Uh, I mean, the house is like I don't know average size, but the basement like covers like the entire foundation. It looked like there was there's a lot of room in there. Oh, so was it, yeah, it was all in the basement. Yeah, it was all in the basement. I don't know if you've seen videos from it or anything, but like the all, the bands are like tucked away in the corner, and then the the surrounding space is just like the dance floor. Oh, that's tight. Was a was the ceiling low? Yeah, the ceiling's really low. Like you can, if you're if you're moshing, you'll hit your hand on the fucking like air ducts if you're not careful. I love that vibe. Something some something else about that man. It's just like most basements that I've seen shows in, they have like you know like columns in the middle of the room, and the ceiling is like two feet lower than it should be (laughs) that's pretty much how it was there's like there was like four columns in front of uh the stage area yeah makes it impossible to move around (laughs) yeah but i mean it the environment it creates is like unparalleled in my opinion that's cool 
Is that the first there, time you've been to a show there, or has there been shows no, there before? It was the second time I've been there. It's at this place called The Hatch in uh, downtown Birmingham. It's uh, okay. the uh, the address is secret unless you 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 gotta you gotta ask a punk. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've at least heard of the hatch. I know that there's no address. It's a very it's that uh, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really sick. I love what they're doing there. None of my shit's loading on my computer. This is great. What's going I on? My com- I think my computer's just been slowing down since we've been recording these these episodes. Like, yo, it was having a hard time processing the audio from three different people, but it pulled through. You know. Thank God. My old laptop, I'm sure you've seen it. It's the one that, you know, looks like a an old Subaru. It's covered in stickers on the back of it. That one could not handle recording just myself. <laughs> you can always tell when a laptop's old when it's just covered in fucking stickers. Oh, yeah, and I've, we've had to get a new one because, um, you know, every time I have that laptop lying around open, somebody comes along and wants to close it, not realizing that it's broken on one of the hinges. <laughs> and when you when you close it, the wires just stick out. And it doesn't break, but one day it, it's going to, you know. It's yeah, it's just going to snap. It just become yeah. two pieces. Yeah. Well, it snapped now. It's just like you have to hold down the hinge when you close it, but nobody knows that. So... I just get mad at myself whenever Sophia walks by and closes it, and I'm just like, why? I shouldn't Stop. have left it open to begin with. You know, it's my own damn fault. Yep. Anyway, well, um, we're ten minutes in. You want to intro the podcast? Yeah. Why the fuck not? This is the Through My Eyes podcast. You know what the fuck it is? My name is Adam. Yo yo yo. This is Donnie. All right, all right, all right. And we is this back. episode three? Yeah, we are back with episode three. Um, thank you for everybody who's been checking out the show so far. Um, you know, we mentioned on the last episode we got all of our social medias in line. It's all at TMEcast on Instagram, Twitter, and you can shoot us an email at TMEcast at gmail.com. Um, we've been getting a shitload of emails, man. I've been having You're lying to, to me right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm lying. Uh <laughs> But the shitload of emails is just spam. I've been signing up for a lot of spam, so it creates the uh, illusion. Yeah, yeah. It just gets me excited every time I open it up because I have to sift through all that spam and shit. And it's just <laughs> some Bed Bath & Body Works fucking, uh, like, coupons or something. That's awesome. Oh, it's mostly for, like, erectile dysfunction pills. and. Um, oh, maybe you should forward that to me. Yeah? You need help there? Oh, wait. We're recording. Yeah, we're recording. I, I hit record already. God damn. That's why that's why we intro the podcast. You are recording. Anyway, right? let's move past that. <laughs> let's move past it. Yeah, so we wanted to thank everybody for checking out uh, the last couple episodes. The feedback's been really nice. Thank you for uh, to Luke for coming on the last episode. Um, yes, thank you, Luke. The uh, the record release show is still uh, you know Sabbath Sabbath brewing. Yeah, Sabbath brewing. Um, I blanked for a minute. You know, it's weird going to. Um, <clears throat> You know, going to a venue that's literally across the street from another one. Like, I, for some reason in my brain, I just had a, a weird moment where I thought the Candy Record release was at Sabbath and that this show was at 529, and I had it backwards. I found out this week that those two are across the street from each other, and I was freaking out because uh, I'm sure you saw the, the Combust show, or the Combust uh, tour that got announced in the... That that show that they're playing in Atlanta is the same night same that Narrowhead. Narrowhead is rolling through with uh, Temple of Angels yeah. and uh, Bleed. 
Yeah, I saw. Yeah, what one's at Sabbath and I think one's at uh, five two nine. So I made I made a I made a, a little story post when they announced that tour and I was like, this is going to be the cruelest choice I've ever had to make. I don't know if it's going to be. I, I was I was I was corrected by Luke and uh, Jordan. They were like, yo, it's they're across the street from each other. You dumbass. Just go to both shows. Yeah, yeah. You don't, I'm like, I'll try. <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily even have to pay for both. I mean, there's like there's like side doors at both of those places. If you wanted to sneak in to see one band and then leave, you know, it'd be fine. Not the end of the world. So, I mean, but if you know, if you want to be baller and pay for both shows and support all the bands on tour, you could hey. also do that. <laughs> I like to do that. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of sick. <laughs> Fuck with that. Because nobody wants to play the same night as another show that's across the street. Because you know that that splits it down the middle. It's just like why not, you know, either combine the shows or choose a different night. You know, that'd be a crazy lineup to combine. But I would I would be there for it. Yeah, and if that personally, if that lineup was combined, I I don't know if it would be at either of those venues. Honestly, I don't even know what the rest of the yeah, lineup looks like. Be a like. little too big. I don't it'd, even, be a, it'd be a job for the doghouse. Yeah, probably. But stop mentioning the doghouse on this podcast. <laughs> um but yeah i you know i don't think if they combine i don't even know what the, the um the lineup the rest of the lineup is for the uh the combust show but um yeah luke luke told me he's still working on that yeah so i really want to see room uh 1046 again honestly i didn't realize they have like no music dropped anywhere and like that show that we saw them play at um at sabbath was their first show and they, I can tell that they practiced a few times. They sounded pretty good. What band? Room 1046. Never heard of them. Do you remember Aiden? Aiden Jones? Uh, I don't remember the name, but if, if I saw his face, I'd probably remember. So me and Curtis worked with uh, them uh, at like a, um, a smoothie shop for a little bit. Um, they've since changed their name to AJ, and they're using uh, different pronouns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you've probably seen them, but uh, they're cool. I, I worked with AJ for a long time, so I mean, uh, I can tell they're working very hard on what they're doing. Um, they just said that uh, they're going to be recording some new stuff, and... Uh, yeah, it sounds cool. Fuck yeah. I'm glad they're doing a, a band. That's sick. Yeah. Um, What else we got? What else we got? Enough hardcore shit. We watched a shitload of movies between the time we recorded it with Luke and now. Oh, yeah. I had the I had the time to, to just binge some shit. Did you want to talk about the candy show before we get into that? Um, Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit. The candy show was cool. Um, Again, I hadn't... I don't remember the last time I went to a show at... Um, Five two nine. It might have been like Year of the Knife. Maybe I don't. Know. Um, yeah, I think it was Year of the Knife. I think Living in Fear opened and they covered Shelter, if I remember correctly. But I could be wrong. I might have been Year of the it. Knife covered Shelter. No, 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 no. Living in Fear covered Shelter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Year of the that's Knife. Still, that's still that's still that's still kind of weird, but that's 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 hard as fuck. Yeah, I don't know any Year of the Knife songs, but um, their entire set list sounded like a, a, a just one long kickback cover. That's usually what they sound like to me. <laughs> I like Year of the Knife. I'm a big fan, because they sound like kickback, of course. So, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's um, for anybody that hasn't been at 529 in a while, they've since moved from the smaller stage that they used to head to a bigger one. So, it's a, it's a pretty nice room. I mean, uh, if we're comparing it to Masquerade... Sabbath Brewing is like hell, 
and 529 is more like heaven. There's like, I want to say like maybe 100, 200 more people that could be fit into the room at 529. Yeah, so. it looked a little bit bigger than Sabbath. Yeah, but both rooms are, are sick. Especially know? now that they moved the stage at Sabbath, it's, there's a little more room to, to kind of fill in there. Yeah. Um, Symbiote opened. I can't remember last time I had seen Symbiote, so obviously I was thoroughly impressed. They have a lot of uh, new music that um, they've uh, written um, since the last time I saw them, and a lot of new music that hasn't been released yet. And I like the way that they're sounding these days. Nice. So, I think cool. they're uh, are they are they they're on tour. Or they just got back from tour. They did a little East Coast thing. They did a little East Coast I thing. I think they paid like four or five dates, and they went up to New York and came back. Um, so they've been busy. They clearly have been busy. Some lineup changes. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're cool. Um, then Restraining Order played. Always fun. Always fun. I was I was late to the Restraining Order train, but I'm, I'm thoroughly a, a Restraining Order fan now. Yeah, I love Restraining Order. It's a, just one of those bands that's like, it just, it, it scratches an itch for that particular. They're just, uh, they're just fun. They're just fun. Just downright fun. You don't really even have to know any of their music to have a good time watching them. They're just really exciting to see play, you know? That's what I, uh, when they played, uh, again, when they played the Doghouse, I think that was the last Doghouse show that I went to. Was uh, I think that was your, your band's first and uh, last show. Oh, the... And, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Prime Suspect show. Oh, okay. But that was, uh... That, that I, seeing them in a small room was actually, actually insane. Just because, like, almost everyone in the fucking room was was moshing, and they were going side by side to side the entire time, and I was like, okay, I think I kind of get what this is going for now, and so, I think when I when I saw them at FYA, I just like moshed for them the entire time, even though I didn't know like half of the songs. Yeah, it's just that kind of energy. It's just that kind of energy. You wanna you wanna get in on that because it's it's hard to ignore that they're a very high energy band, and um, you know, still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? All right, we're looking good. I just want to make sure I was recording on the snowball still and not my headphones. All right, we're uh, yeah. where were we at? What were we talking about? I was talking about how awesome uh, Restraining Order is. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty epic, I think. Yeah. Um, Lustic Puppy played after them. But Do you have any idea what that is? Nope, and I but I think I saw somebody post a video from last night, and it was it's literally nothing like I thought it was. Yeah. So um, if you want to describe them. Oh, you want me to? Yeah. Oh, I I couldn't tell you. I stood outside smoking weed. Oh, okay. Sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something you would do. I mean that that's founded like a much better use of my time, and I think me, my group of friends, and all of us agreed that that was break time. <laughs> like we needed a Doesn't break. Doesn't seem like something you'd be into, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely not. We, me, and Sophia listened to um, like one song of hers, theirs. I'm not sure what they go by, and it's um, um, I don't really know. It's like new, like rave sort of shit. Um, for people that like to paint their face and are probably into ICP and like doing uh, to, like doing whippets. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's just um, like club music. 
I don't know how that fits onto the bill with all the bands that were playing, but it happened. There were some people that were clearly just there to see them, and that's fine. I hope they stayed to see Candy because I will say that Candy set blew me away. And not just because I was baked. You know, I tried listening to the new LP and I was like, there's a lot going on in this, you know? I'm sure you listened to it, right? I listened to it like one one time through, and it is pretty pretty cool. It's cool, but there's just pretty good. There's so much going on, so much. But when I saw it live, a lot of different a lot of different stuff they're trying. Yeah, but when I saw it live, I got it. I was like, okay, I, I see they're on to something. That's usually now. when it clicks is when you see it live. Yep. You got to see it live. You really got to see it live to get it, huh? Oh my. Bowie's getting fussy. Did your dog just your dog just yawn? I think so. He's making some sort of a noise. What is it, baby? Huh? You know, the last time he went to the vet, he was about uh, 35 pounds. And we just went last week, and he's 60. God damn. Yeah, he's a fat boy. What'd you feed him last week? Bro, I feed him... You feed him another dog? <laughs> we fed him a human. We found Roman around in the backyard. Every German Shepherd, like full-grown German Shepherd I've ever encountered, has been massive as fuck. So... Yeah. Seems seems about right. Yeah. And I need a massive as fuck dog to hold down the fort, you know? You gotta protect the, protect the goods. Yeah. He's still a baby, though. He's got a long way to go. Baby boy. Yeah, he's still a dumb little baby. Dumb little idiot toddler. He's just sitting here licking my leg right now. <laughs> um, what else you want to talk about? I don't know. That's it as far as shows. You got anything else before we get into the movies? No. Well, um, I watched Heat for the first time, so we're going to talk about that one in full. Um, but I tried to watch it after yes, the, sir. the candy record release when we got home at like one in the morning. Yeah, that I, that's a that was a bad idea. Yeah, I, I really put myself through it doing that because I think I slept for maybe three hours, went to work, and then when you sent me that text and said, um, you know, let's let's push back recording for tomorrow, I was like, I went home, took a nap for about seven hours. Thank God. Yeah, I was dying. <laughs> I want Not you to be rested me. up, brother. Yeah, I really wanted to focus on that movie because it's it's a good movie. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It is. It's a lot. It's a more lengthier than I thought it was going to be. But um, you want to go ahead and dive in and talk about it? Yeah, we're talking about Heat from 1995, directed by Michael Mann. Yep. It's uh, it stars Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, uh, and Val Kilmer too. Mm-hmm. Uh, De Niro is a career criminal. He's a he's a professional bank robber. Lifer. He's like, yeah, he's basically like they just make it out to seem like this guy is like the best at his job ever, and uh, he's uh, he's planning some heists around L.A. and uh, Mr. Pacino is the cop that's uh, tracking him down, trying to catch him. It's pretty much just a, a cat and mouse game the entire movie, and it's excellent. Yeah, it was really really good. It's a a little lengthy, but it, it really is a, um, you know, like a saga, uh, you know, but they don't break it down into parts like we've seen some movies do. There's nice transitions between them. Plenty of, like, action that uh, is, frankly, jaw-dropping. Michael Mann's a master of his craft at this. The only other movie of his I've seen are uh, 
movies, I should say, are uh, Public Enemies and Thief. Public Enemies is crap. Thief fucking rules. Which while we're yeah, Thief is a masterpiece. Yeah, which while we're passing as well while we're passing through Thief, uh, we just wanted to give a special shout out. Um, James Caan, the lead actor in that movie, who played um, Buddy's dad on Elf. He was in all the Godfather movies. Misery. <laughs> best best known for Elf. Well, not in that order of what he's best known for. But, <laughs> you know, that's what most people like at least lately would have recognized him from. You know, our it's what our generation will remember him as, unfortunately. But you know, mm-hmm. he's he's an iconic actor in his own right. Yeah, it just passed away a couple weeks ago, and it's pretty terrible because um that was the last movie that I saw that he was in, and it's the best movie I've ever seen him in. So I'm really glad I got to see that. Um, but yeah, Heat was um honestly, can I say the word? Go for it. Masterpiece. I'll agree with you there. I don't know how um <laughs> it's it, it blew me away. Honestly for a, a movie made in 1995, um really good. Um the cast was amazing. It's got actors in it that you've seen pop up more and more since this movie came out. It's crazy, the cast in it. Not even just those three leads, but, you know, John Voight is in this fucking Natalie Tom Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. And, oh, my God. Every one of them, too, like, deserved to be there, you know? And, um... Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was no filler. It was constantly you know you're trying to figure out like what was going to happen and um you know really fucking cool movie um i love that uh i rented this for five dollars and then while i was about uh, yeah exactly in, i felt bad about that you know, i was about an hour into the movie donnie told me that it was um available for free on youtube and i had no idea <laughs> which i don't know don't tell warner brothers they'll take it down well, I don't know how that's been on YouTube for how long has it been up there? I don't even know. When it the last when I looked at it, it was like a, at least a year, if I remember correctly. So it's <laughs> been it's been on there for a minute. How does a whole movie in full end up on YouTube and doesn't get taken down within a month? I think uh, it's it's kind of in the like the zeitgeist again right now because it's 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 in the news a little bit. So maybe they'll they'll uh, they'll notice it and take it down. Yeah. Unfortunately. Maybe. Oh my Which I God. do you know the the news around the movie right now? No. What's the news? So Michael Mann, he's uh, recently uh, written a novel, a sequel to Heat called Heat Two. What? And it's coming out. It's coming out next month. Yes, this is a real thing. Are you? He's going. He's on like a. He's on like a press tour right now. Are you for shitting it. me? Yeah. So he's written a sequel to the movie, and he plans to make a movie out of the the novel that he's. It's about to come out. Hold on, I'm googling this. So uh, please tell me, Val Kilmer's yeah. is dead, right? No, Val Kilmer's not dead. He's retired because he's uh, he has like throat cancer. Oh yeah, he does not look. You good. would. Oh my if you God. had seen if you had seen the most recent Top Gun, you would know that he's not dead. They got him to come out of retirement for that movie for one little scene, which was really sick. Wow, he's sixty-two years old. And in this picture, the second picture that comes up when you Google his name, he looks like the emperor of another planet on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of wild. Uh, there's a, a documentary that came out just like about his life that uh, came out like two or three, or I think I think it was last year that it came out. It's literally just called Val. 
I think I. And it's uh, it's really interesting if you want to go if if you want to like dig into dig into that and his filmography and stuff. You know what's funny? I think I saw this somewhere, and I yeah, I was gonna watch this one. Oh, dude, I'm definitely gonna watch this now, because I was I literally yeah, had my finger on the play button, ready to fucking watch this with Sophia. This is when we we just started getting into like a lot of like documentary stuff. And uh, that one had come up, and I heard good things about it. I definitely want to check it out now that I've seen Heat, for sure. Because he, um, I mean, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but, you know, he's one of the few characters, his character in this movie, he's one of the few characters that I'm pretty sure by the end of it makes it out at least alive. I don't know if they ended up catching him, but in a sequel, that's why I asked if Val McKilmer is going to be it, you would expect him to at least make a cameo, you know? Yeah, I think that will. Unfortunately, I think that would be fucked up now. Just with uh, if if they were want if they were wanting him to like reprise his role, should it's gonna it be a, a little harder now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's why I'm I'm kind of apprehensive about it. If uh, if not, if I think the book just has to be good on its own first, and then they can they can uh, think about making it into a movie. The book. So I guess I'll wait. Yeah, the book. They already have a book made for for Heat, or they're. What do you mean? No, the uh, so he's writing. He's just writing a novel, like a sequel novel. Oh. It's it's a movie first, but he's he's just writing the novel right now, for he, the sequel. It's literally just called Heat Two. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. But uh, he's he's already said that he plans to make it into an actual film at some point in the future. It's very very interesting. Yeah, this is all two days ago. New York Times, two days ago. IGN, one hour ago on Gamespot, five hours ago on AP. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge news because I mean, how old is Michael Mann? Do we know? He's got to be in like his seventies, man. He's he's getting up there. Yeah, he's got to be. Which is why I'm like, he he needs to start making more movies before he dies. Yeah. Um. Because he, uh, after diving into like his whole filmography a couple years ago, he's he's one of those like people you don't hear talk about a lot, but like it's it's kind of like the if you know you know type of thing. Yeah. Um. So he he, yeah, he's writing the book for heat 2 but he's not making the movie just yet so he's so next month he's coming out with heat 2 the the novel is that is that correct yeah the the novel the novel drops next month and then he said sometime in the future they want to make the movie now do you think he's uh coming to terms with the fact that um he doesn't have forever as far as time and what he's trying to do is to put everything he has rattling around in his brain on actual paper so that um, in the event of his untimely passing, which will happen to all of us, um, that if somebody else wanted to make a movie out of it, they could possibly. And I could uh, I could definitely see that happening. It'd be a tragedy if that's how it happens, but so, we've seen that before, you know. Like, like I said, like the book on its own has to be good before that happens, so I'm just waiting to hear if that even turns out to be good. You... I'll listen. I'm not going to read it. I'll listen to the audiobook. Yeah. Uh, I, I would rather read it myself. Uh, I think I've, it's been a while since I've actually read a book. but uh... 
or try to at least. I can't remember the last time I tried to sit down and read a book. Brain's fucked up. I think I've tried. No, I actually do remember. It was after it was after seeing the new Dune, and I was like, I'll sit down and read Dune finally, and nope. that did not work out. Yeah, that's a big mistake. It's the thickness, you know. You witness the thickness of the book Dune, and you're like, holy fuck. I mean, it's. I mean, it's intimidating for sure, but like, if if the content is there and it's like uh, engaging, then like I can I can read through all that. Shit, it must have been like, engaging uh, to somebody because it seems like it's it's been made twice, and it seems like the content, if it's good enough to try to make a movie out of it, then it seems like David Lynch read it and then you know he just you know. Denny Villeneuve you just thought that uh, his interpretation of it was just wrong, <laughs> you know. No, uh, that, that movie that movie has a lot of problems. <laughs> that's that's another dis- that's a discussion for another day. I think the book may have a lot of problems, honestly. I think the. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that uh put that out uh as far as a possibility either. But you know, I'm not gonna speak for it because I haven't read the book. No, I haven't either. Yep, yeah, take my opinion with a grain of salt there. All right, so we both have seen Heat. I watched it for the first time and, you know, obviously was really impressed by it. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that it was your first time watching. I thought you had seen it before. I think I had seen the ending before because something about the ending, I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. But It has to have been one of those that was, like, on TV and you just, like, caught the end of it somehow. Yeah, it had to be. And honestly, it's, um, uh, I had thought that I had seen Heat from beginning to end for a long-ass time until I started this one and it showed the first scene um, where, you know, they they robbed the truck and then they killed the cops. And I was like, nope, I don't remember yeah. any of this. And I was like, <laughs> I would have remembered seeing that because the explosion that happens that breaks all of the windows on that car, seeing that for the first time, I was like, okay, I would never have been able to get that image out of my head if I had seen that before, you know? But the ending, yeah, I, I mean, definitely see. That's one of the most iconic uh, iconic parts of that movie is the, the opening with the, the bank robbery. Or not the bank robbery, but where they rob the uh, the armored truck and they have all the hockey masks on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, what was it? Um, it was the setting of the, the very last scene where it's just Pacino and De Niro um, that I remembered seeing before, but I couldn't remember what happened. And that's the part that, once I remembered what was going on, I was like, okay, but I don't remember where this goes, where it ends up, how this movie ends, because I know that this is the ending. I'm clicking pause, and I see there's like three minutes left, and I was like, that's enough time for the credits to roll. This is it. So I watched the end of it when Sophia got home from work uh, last night, and um, twas bomb, the bomb.com, it ruled. Spectacular oh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, performances it's great. from all of these these actors. Um, honestly, it's uh, it was a really good lineup because I think they all complemented each other pretty well. Um, you know, De Niro sort of being like a father figure to uh, Val Kilmer's character. Val Kilmer getting too attached to this woman that he thinks is going to you know end up being the reason that he's uh gets caught. So he gets kind of, he's kind of frustrated with himself at home. And it turns out that she, you know, helps him out in the in the in the end. And then Pacino's character is just uh, 
you know, grinding his teeth, losing sleep, his, you know, his relationship with his family is, is on the rocks. And, uh, that's a, that's a running theme with all of the characters is like they, how hard it is for them to maintain their relationships just because of what they do. Yeah. That was the common denominator. And honestly, it's really hard. It's kind of, uh, it's sad. It's, um, you know, but I mean, you're exactly right because that's the one thing that they have in common is that like. When you care about your job as a police officer, an investigator, or you are somebody who is a criminal, you are constantly working, and there's no uh, there's no downtime. Because the second you step away from your work, um, it could get away from you, you know, and something bad could happen, you know. So Pacino has to stay on top of them because he doesn't want they, he classifies them as murderers. Um, they're not they graduated from robbery, you know, and then. They are constantly looking over their shoulder because, um, you know, something happened in a, you know, a score that uh, they didn't, um, they didn't anticipate, and uh, they had to. One guy had to fuck it up for everybody. One guy. All it takes is one guy. Fuck it up for everybody. Exactly. That one fucking guy. Everybody knows that guy, huh? But yeah, just uh, I don't want to give away too much. Like we said, it is, you know. It's not really streaming anywhere, but it is for free, uh, available on the you-know-what. Um, for now. For now. Uh, so if you want to go watch it, um, I can't guarantee the subtitles will be very good. I rented it, and I ended up being glad that I did because I wanted to watch it with subtitles to make sure I got everything. Naturally. Yeah, and, um, you know, the, the, the video quality on this video, I'm re-watching it right now. Um the video quality on the one that's posted on here is not very good so you know we rented it from prime it was like five bucks but worth every penny and honestly it's worth the money yeah it was like one more dollar just to buy the whole movie and i kind of wish that i did yeah i watched it on my blu-ray and uh it's actually coming out next month on 4k blu-ray so i'm, I'm gonna have to pick that up nice well i'm glad i'm rewatching that one i just saw that they're about to post yeah. um uh criterion's about to make a, a reissue of uh lost highway gonna have to get a copy of that yes that's sick yeah but yeah do you wanted to get into any more of the movie since we uh no if you want to say spoilers well i mean we already just spoiled like a, a lot of details about the movie but you know the part that we can't spoil from you guys just hearing like us talking is the overall um way that this was shot you know obviously the music the acting the you know, costumes. I mean, it's down to a T. Every little bit of this movie. Like, Michael Mann is just really, really good at making, you know, what feels like less of a mob movie and is more of a, like, a criminal movie. You know? It's not, like, the heavy if, accents that you get from, like, Goodfellas and Godfather. But it's still, like, there's so much action. At times it feels like a Mission Impossible or a 007 movie. Yep. And yet he still he still uh, somehow tra- uh, succeeds at making it feel really grounded and realistic, yeah. while also at the same time it feels very dreamlike. Oh yeah, I think that was the big thing that I liked about Thief was that um, you know the, the yeah Thief is the same way Thief is the same way, and it reminded me a lot of Taxi Driver because uh, you know De Niro in Taxi Driver he has a lot of. Um, you have you have him narrating a lot of things, so it's a lot of just his thoughts, just driving around the city in his taxi. 
And that's what I got out of Thief, was that instead of him narrating, you just got him just sort of looking around the city pretty pretty often as just, you know... And what the big di difference that's between Heat and Thief is that in this one, um, you have a, a, a crew of people that are committing these crimes, and Pacino, who's the cop, he, sometimes he feels like he's alone, like he's the only one that cares enough to be working this case like 24 hours if everyone in his department had put the same effort that he had put into it you know these guys would have been caught a lot quicker you know they wouldn't have murdered people you know but because they they have a crew and they're you know they're having to take a lot of things into account like their relationships and you know uh they have to really tread lightly like there's one scene where they think they hear a noise and they have no choice but to walk because they can't just go off of oh yeah oh that's was, a great scene yeah they can't just go off of oh it was probably nothing they have to go hey we gotta walk now he's like i'm almost done he's like no no no, walk now he's like okay and they have to drop everything and go because like that's just like that's just part of the game man i mean you're constantly going to be looking over your shoulder your whole life after you you know you make some some scores that they have you know Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, and he's. It's like he has like a vendetta against uh, De Niro, even though like they only meet in person once, well, twice, I guess. Yeah, that scene. But, at, uh, the scene at the shipping t containers is pretty funny because they meet and they just put on a show for those cops, you know, raising fingers, pointing, saying whatever nonsense they have to. Yeah, trying, and, trying to, trying to act like they're like planning their their heist out. <laughs> yeah, in and, the, like this, the middle of this this shipping can shipping yard. Yeah, and, then, and the uh, the cops are like watching them from a distance, and then once they once the De Niro and his crew leave, they they like go down there and try to figure out what they were trying to uh, set up, and then they realize that they're the ones being set up and watched from a distance because now they like know their face and what all the cops look like and so they know who's after them I thought it was pretty sick the way they did that pretty clever pretty clever I liked it I think uh, you know at every opportunity they could to outsmart the cops they did and at every opportunity for Pacino to outsmart them they did but they weren't phased by it at all and the you know, they had an opportunity to back out, and they thought that, that was it, and um, then it went to shit. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, and you can all awesome. obviously tell that Pacino is. You can obviously tell that Pacino is like somewhat, to a degree, enjoying himself too. He like he enjoys the chase. Like he even uh, once when De Niro gets like the information on uh, Pacino's character. He's like, uh, I think that the guy that's telling him who the cop is. He's like, you know, this guy likes you. I mean the the uh, right below the tagline on here is uh, obsessive master thief Neil McCauley, and Neil is um he's just as obsessed with uh, having a plan to execute all of these scores as he is obsessed about the people that are trying to catch him. You know he's very um, methodical. He thinks of every possible outcome. He's trying to be five, ten steps ahead of everybody that he surrounds himself with or are watching him. And he's trying to be, you know, the eyes of the operation. And, uh, you know, uh, the contrast between Pacino and, and De Niro in this movie is, is really, really good. Because in that scene where they have coffee together, 
you start to realize like oh shit they're the same exact person like if you exactly if you had just shown me that scene and you told me De Niro was the cop and Pacino was the bad guy I believe you you know they're both terrible in their own yeah. ways they're just on both different ends of uh you know moral, the law yeah moral high ground they're yeah. kind of just they're almost like mirror images of each other yeah it's crazy but yeah uh moving on it's um you know obviously movies available for free go check it out it's cool uh the book's coming out heat 2 both me and donnie you know really enjoyed this movie i'm really glad that i got to see that i'm gonna be re-watching that one again for sure it was a good time yeah i think after this after this most recent viewing i think this is just a like a comfort movie for me now oh yeah i can just put it on and chill out all right so, even though it gets pretty intense at times yeah all right so that was one that we just wanted to talk about off the top i got two movies that both you and i have seen hey real quick uh did you notice the uh the the hardcore cameo in heat no i did not you didn't notice henry rollins I thought I did. Was that Henry Rollins for real? Hold on, let me Google it. Yeah, he was one of the. Uh, yeah, he was one of the henchmen for uh, that bank guy that they were trying to rip off. I think I saw him. Yeah. He says I like did. two. He says like two lines, and then gets thrown through a window. Okay. Yeah, I did see him. Okay, that's sick. <laughs> okay, that's officially sick. Yeah, Henry Rollins, singer of uh, Black Flag is in this movie and uh i almost didn't recognize him because he has like a completely shaved face and you can see his butt chin yeah and (laughs) honestly it looks like they did his eyebrows a little bit because he's known to have pretty bushy eyebrows um and he has this weird scowl on his face most of the time and he didn't have any of that going on he was just like a straight face like yeah He's supposed to be... Exactly. He was doing his job. Yeah, doing his job. They said, shut up. Stop making that face. Sit there. Don't say a word. (laughs) He was like, okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Well, cool. Um, Anyway, um, I got two movies that uh, you have seen, two that I have seen, um, and then I got two movies that both of us have seen. Um, I wanted to talk about one that uh, just you have seen because I wanted to hear about both of these. Do you want to talk about either one of those? Um, I got Road to Perdition and Chameleon Street. Road to Perdition. Perdition. Oh yeah, you're just you're just going off uh, like what I watched while I was sick. I see. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you had a lot of free time on your hands, and I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Looked like you did. No. Uh, so, you've never seen Road to Perdition? I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. So, uh, it's got, uh, it's got old, uh, Tom Hanks in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, basically he plays like a mob guy, like a, a guy with the Irish mob in the, uh, 1930s. I think, uh, somewhere in the Midwest, I know that they were like close to Chicago, but I'm not sure where, but, uh, it's basically a, a movie about him and his relationship with his son because uh, something tragic happens about halfway through the mon- movie, and they kind of have to go on the on the run from the both the mob and the police, and so it's basically just them trying to survive. And it's a it's a really good movie. Who made this one? It's a uh, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. He did a. Uh, I've only I've only seen one other movie he's done. Uh, it's nineteen seventeen from a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Hey, can we pause for a quick second? I'm going to go make myself some iced coffee. 
Yeah, we sure can. I'll make note of where it is. All right, I'm back. You asked about Sam Mendes? I did. Uh, you said uh, 1917. Yeah, that's the only other movie of his that I've seen. And I, I can see here that he's directed American Beauty. I haven't seen that. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Revolutionary Road, Jarhead. How have, I, how have I not seen Road to Perdition if I've seen like a shitload of his movies? Most of them. That's strange. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. 1917 was probably my favorite score of 2019. Um, there's a couple songs on there that uh, were written uh, very well. Who did the score on that one? Hold on. Let me pull this up. I can't remember. A, I can't remember a damn thing about that movie, other than Thomas it looked good because it was Newman. Yeah, it's just it's the same. Uh, so if you like that soundtrack, you'll like uh, Road to Perdition because it's the same composer. It is. You're exactly right. I think the reason I like Thomas Newman is he uh, he does a lot of stuff that um, it's on on brand. It's all very similar. It's always either you know. Like animated movies, like he's done, yeah, his stuff is very similar. He's done like Wall-E, Finding Nemo, like Disney or Pixar stuff. Um, and then he also does, uh, I think he did. Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, he did Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, 1917, of course. So I think it's on brand with uh, Road to Paradition, because uh, what uh, what time period is this movie set in? Uh, it's it's in the 1930s, so during like Prohibition, when like all the the big crime shits happening, like all the Capone type organized crime stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. But it's a uh, it's with a mop, like a, a, a like a a wing of the mop that you don't see a lo- in a lot of movies, like with uh, the Irish mob. Like the only the only other movies I can think of that revolve around like the Irish mob is like uh, Miller's Crossing. Is one of the only ones that comes to mind. Miller's Crossing. And you probably have you probably Miller's Crossing. You probably haven't seen that then. What's the show? It's a Coen Brothers movie. What's the show with uh, Killian Murphy? Um. That is. Peaky uh, Blinders. <laughs> does that have anything? Peaky Blinders. Yeah. yeah. Does that have anything to do with the Irish Mob in that one? I have no fucking clue. I've never seen that show. I'm pretty sure that show's set in England, and this is set in uh, the United States, obviously. In Boston? 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 No, it's uh, it's in the Midwest, like I said. Oh, you did say that. Because okay. they go to Chicago, they go to Chicago like twice in the movie. You did say that. I'm just dumb. Oh, man. Come on, bro. Can't keep up. I'm watching Heat on YouTube on mute. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's um, the move, honestly. <laughs> this is the move, huh? <laughs> Um, so that movie's cool then. I'll check it out. It's um streaming on Prime and Netflix for anybody that wants to check that one out. Looks pretty cool. Yes, really uh really understated performance from uh Tom Hanks, something you don't really get a lot honestly. Compared to like movies he's done recently like fucking Elvis where he plays like a fucking uh like an like a Eastern European guy with a weird accent. <laughs> Put the weird accent on. <laughs> That's too. Yeah, bad. dude. If you just watch a clip from that movie, he looks r- fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I think the last movie I saw him in was uh, uh, "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." Uh, it's the one with uh, where he plays. Oh yeah, uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Mr. Rogers. 
And uh, I haven't seen that, and I'm probably not gonna watch that. It's pretty good. If you know who Mr. Rogers is, then that movie, uh, it's pretty cool. He did a good job in that one. He plays. Well, the thing is, well. like, I think a year or two, a year or two before that movie came out, there was like an actual Mr. Rogers documentary that came out that was actually really sick and really interesting. Just like uh, people talking about how awesome he was. Um, so if you liked that movie, you should watch that movie. Watch the documentary. Okay. Yeah, I like a nice. Watch the documentary. A nice like, I like a nice biopic on occasion. At the time, that was a movie that was showing that got uh, pretty decent reviews, and you know I had stubs, so I was like, I'll check it out. And it was actually. You said why not? Why the fuck not? You know, I was seeing a lot of stuff around that time, so that's about to start happening again. I just it, got in the theaters again for the first time since like. Uh, I think of March I saw the Batman and I went to go see the black phone <laughs> bro yeah you need to tell me about that oh I'm kind of on the fence about going to see that it was um it and you can spoil it for me I don't care yeah I'll just give a spoiler gonna, warning for everybody sp- else that's listening I'm not gonna spoil the plot I'm gonna dance around the details because it's it's the the little things that got to me the stuff that it's like Okay, y'all should have got this right. You know, like I don't know how you rewatch that and it didn't make anybody uncomfortable. And a lot of cringy moments, a lot of moments where the acting was not hitting. And I understand if the acting isn't hitting because of an actor or actress that you hired didn't execute it the way that you had envisioned in your head. But coming from the director of the director that wrote and directed um, Avengers Endgame I would expect a little bit better but that's just for wait me. excuse me that, yeah I swear to god he directed the last two uh, Avengers movies no dude and you're thinking of somebody else no I'm not hold on let me pull it up he did, uh, he did the first Doctor Strange movie Oh, you know I'm looking I'm at of? his. I'm looking at his. You yeah, know you're thinking. Of? Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the guy who did the Gray Man. We'll talk about that. I literally just finished watching that right before. That's a completely started. different movie. But um, no, I actually guess I shouldn't be shocked because uh, he's good at the the horror stuff. Um, because he put out uh Sinister, um, and that's that's the, the only, only other movie I've seen. Other movie that I've seen. Um, haven't seen Doctor Strange. Haven't seen. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I have seen The Day the Earth Stood Still, though. A halfway decent movie. Excuse Is that me. the Keanu Reeves one? Yeah. I say halfway decent because... Yeah, I'm sure it's... <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> it's a halfway decent movie. It's a made-for-TV movie. It, it definitely is not impressive. It's a long shot. But it's like, it took off really well, that one. And then slowly started to drift into what the fuck territory, and the what the fuck territory was like the ending is what pissed me off. Do you remember the movie The Happening? Are you, you're talking a, you're talking about uh, the Black Phone or the Earth Stood Still? The, your, the day the Earth Stood Still. But do you remember? Okay. Do you remember the movie The Happening? I do remember the movie very, very the movie The Happening very fondly. Yeah, it, it's like that. It's like it's a good concept. It, it reels you in right at the start of the movie. And then slowly but surely, you're just like, okay, this is going nowhere. And then by the time it's over, you're like, I didn't need that at all. <laughs> like, what a waste of time. Yeah, what a waste of time. <laughs> Whereas the, the happening is just, like, hilariously bad uh, and fun to watch. This I remember watching it the, earth, the day the Earth stood still as a child when it came out. And I just, 
I literally can't remember one second of it, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I barely remember it. I don't even know if I've seen it like recently, you know. But yeah, uh, the black phone was, I would say the same. It's um, Ethan Hawke uh, playing a character that uh, is abducting children. That much we know from the trailers. That's what that's what had me excited for it was Ethan Hawke playing like a villainous guy. Yeah, and that, or a creepy little guy. I will say that is the best part of this movie is, is if you're just looking for a movie where Ethan Hawke is stealing the show, doing his fucking thing, and he's getting paid all the big bucks to do something that uh, some actors just couldn't pull off. This is it. You know, he plays a pretty iconic character. I'm really bummed that uh, he's wearing a top hat in the picture because the fucking the stupid top hat was pissing me off, and then they lost it like halfway through the movie they never saw the top hat again and i was like okay that's that's probably for the best the top hat makes him look stupid (laughs) didn't need that because he's um he's supposed to be pretending to be a magician to be to you know lure kids um and to abduct them does he change his uh does he change masks like several times throughout the movie yeah, um, not like several times. It's not like a noticeable thing, but constantly he's like taking the top part off, putting his glasses on, taking his glasses off, or he's got the mask like hanging down and just like the top part. And it's just like he's constantly moving it around, and you're not really sure why. Maybe it's to try to convey a certain emotion, or, you know, it, it's just overall he's scary. Whenever he's wearing any part of that mask, he, he's freaky, you know? Um,. But it's called the black phone because he abducts this one kid who, for some reason, is trapped down in the basement with this phone that is off the hook. And um, Ethan Hawke's character swears that he hears it from time to time, but it's not off the hook. There's no way it could be ringing. But every time it rings, uh, this kid that he abducted, he hears it ringing for real. Like, he's positive it's ringing. Um, He picks it up and he's hearing voices and shit, and those voices end up being the the guiding ship that uh you know makes up for most of the plot um while he's down stuck in the basement of this house and um i don't know the one thing that bugged me the most about this movie is the amount of racket this kid is making in his fucking basement and i'm just sitting there thinking to myself like yo like i know you don't try to you really put yourself in the shoes of a guy who's abducting children because that's obviously something <laughs> that the average person isn't doing. But it's a position I put I find myself in a lot, oh, so I understand. Don't say that. This is public record. <laughs> um, but he, he it's his, it's assumed that this is Ethan Hawke's uh, his home. He's abducted children, he has them trapped in his basement. And he's making all this racket in his basement, and like he's not going down there to check on him to make sure he's not like trying to escape, you know. And it's just like there's multiple attempts to try to escape this basement, and uh, you know, I think the best part was the ending of the movie because I got so excited at the ending because I was like, finally, like you, you realize what should have happened was you should have gone down there to check to make sure he wasn't fucking with anything down there. And the one he, time you didn't check. Yeah, and because you didn't check him, like, at all, he was able to prepare and then, you know, ultimately, you know. I'm not going to spoil it. This movie just came out. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, if it ends up on streaming, it's worth a watch, but, um, 
you know. That's probably where I'll catch it then. Not worth the street, the the theater experience. It's definitely a movie that's made more for streaming, I think. There's a couple. There's a couple movies coming out over the next couple weeks that I would rather go see, before I go see that. Yeah. So I was gonna see. Um, I was gonna see Top Gun, but I saw this on the weekend, and when I pulled up the, uh, the seating for uh, for Top Gun, there was one seat left in the entire theater. Oh my god! And I was like, still shit. This movie's been out for like a like two months, man. Like, <laughs> and there's still rolling it can't, in the dough. <laughs> it can't be stopped. It really can't be. Yeah. But yeah, Black Phone was. Cool. You gotta go see it while it's in theaters, though, for sure. Top Gun has to be experienced in a theater. Yeah, I was trying to. Yeah. Because you talked about it like more than once, and then we had Luke on, and he started talking about it, and I was like. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I feel left out. I feel super left out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we mentioned in the top of the last episode, it's my own dumbass fault for continuing to pay for stubs and uh, not taking advantage of it. Hey, it is what it is. Sometimes you just can't make the time. Yeah, well, sometimes I am paying for shit that I didn't even know I was still paying for, you know. so That's another thing, too. Yeah, this episode is brought to you but, by Trivial. you know. It's not, but we'll say it is until they pay us. True. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Chameleon Street? I guess that was another one that I watched while I was sick. It's uh, it's just this little movie on the Criterion channel. I saw a bunch of people that I follow on Letterboxd talking about it. Because uh, I guess it was one of the new ones that got put on the channel at the beginning of the month. And uh, I don't know if it has, like, a Criterion Blu-ray yet, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It's uh, it's set in the 70s, I think, and it just follows this guy, like, uh, conning people. He just, like, uh, goes from, like, place to place and pretends to be someone he's not to uh, suit whatever situation he's in. And... Uh, it was really interesting. Apparently, I and I didn't know until I finished the movie that it was like based on a true story. Really? Yeah, really. It's this guy named uh, Douglas Street. He uh, actually did all that shit that he uh, that happened in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and he went to jail for it. It's based on William Douglas Street Jr. and Eric Dupin. So it's based on two different people. I guess so. That's what it says in the uh, the old description. But uh, I, I watched like the one special feature they had on the Criterion channel about it, and that, they only talked about this one guy. Huh. Very interesting. Old movie, nineteen. And the uh, the the director. Yeah. Well, when I was watching it, I was like, "This looks like a movie from the '70s," and then I found out that it came out in '89. I was like, "Oh, damn! Pretty cool." Just the way that it's shot, it's like looks very grainy, like grainier than a movie from '89 should be. But I guess that was, uh, I guess how uh, some indie indie films would have looked. Yeah, so it's it's Wendell B. Harris Jr. Um, he's only acted in two other movies before, uh, Road Trip and Out of Sight. Both were in uh, the <laughs> this late is his, 1990s. Uh... This was his only movie that he was able to direct and release, is from what it looks like. Yeah, it's especially like what the uh, what is what the supplemental 
uh, material on the Criterion channel was talking about like this uh, this writer director. He wasn't he wasn't able to make any movies after this one for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah, it's flying very under the radar. Only two thousand people on Letterboxd have even seen it. I'm assuming most of those views are just from people that have seen it uh, pop up on Criterion and just decided to give it a watch, but uh, I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, just out seems, of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. Seems very under the radar. Huh. Yeah, I would recommend it for sure. Very little, very interesting little movie. Interesting. Hmm. Crazy. Any other movies you've seen lately you want to talk about? Uh... I watched the I rewatched The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, but you know. Yeah, that's on my list of movies that both you and I have seen. So I've seen The Dark Knight multiple times, but um, I was hoping we could talk about Dark Knight Rises, maybe even a little bit of uh, Batman Begins. You- yeah, uh, I was ex- I was trying to see how well both of the movies held up. I watched Batman Begins again, like uh, semi recently, like right after I watched The Batman. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I wanted to see how the the Nolan trilogy held up after you know the new movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I watched the ba- I watched Batman Begins, and while I do like that movie, I like uh, I got distracted like halfway through and was just like looking at my phone the entire time. So I was like, uh, I have so when I got sick, I was like, I have time to like actually sit down and watch these super long movies. So I just kind of sat down and turned my phone off and and rewatched The Dark Knight. And uh, I wasn't expecting it to hit the way, or hit as hard as it did this viewing, because it kind of blew me away all over again, even though it's a movie that I've seen a million times. Hmm. Sorry, lost my spot. Um, I think the trilogy holds up pretty well. Uh, I will, oh, no, you're good. I will agree that Batman Begins is... Um, it, there's kind of a, a moment in like maybe like an hour into the movie where you realize it's kind of starting to, to die off. It's kind of lulling down. Um, and then the same sort of thing happens with The Dark Knight Rises where, you know, uh, you know uh, Bruce Wayne is, um, is down in this hole. He's down on his luck. He's got to find his way out. And, uh, you know, in the... In, in the interim, a lot of bullshit happens, but um, I think the big difference between Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises is the stakes, because uh, I think in the Batman Begins, he's down on his luck, but he's tr- still trying to like find himself. You're seeing a, a version of Bruce Wayne where you know he's got a shaved face, like longer hair. You can tell he's like, you know, maybe early mid twenties. He at least the character he's playing is supposed to be around that time, like. He just seems very young, has very, uh, very much has a lot to learn, and then the Dark Knight Rises. You see this character start to develop a sort of, um, you know, uh, this identity that he's taken on is bigger than himself, and the thing that he he's has old, to, he's old, and he's like, you know, he's on his way out. Yeah, he he realizes that like all good things must come to an end, and he has really has known that all along, and. I mean, he realizes that you, he comes to that realization at the beginning of the Dark Knight, and that's what he's trying to—he's trying to build build up Harvey Dent into somebody who can kind of take over, you know, keeping Gotham 
clean and safe. Yeah, that was his. But uh, things don't go that way, that unfortunately. That was his, his plan. He was supposed to be like better than any of them in the city. He was supposed to be the face of that uh, people could trust to protect Gotham City, as opposed to a masked vigilante. And then at the very beginning of Dark Knight Rises, it picks up where Harvey, where it left off, where Harvey Dent ultimately passed away. And they've been chasing the Batman ever since because he took the blame for that. And, um, you know, he realizes that the city has gone past the need for Batman. And Batman is not going to be the fall guy. He's going to, you know, it's going to end at some point. But he doesn't want it to end on the note of he's a masked vigilante and, you know, rumored murderer. He wants to, to... to be, he wants to, to set the record straight that he's always existed as an entity that's supposed to be protecting the city, you know, and doing what's right regardless of, you know, the consequences that he may personally face. So I think The Dark Knight Rises is pretty good. Um, you know, obviously they're introducing a lot of characters in this that uh, I wish we could see later on down the road, but I don't know if we ever will. They introduce Bane in this one, uh, Robin. Uh, Catwoman. You see them briefly in this one, but it's obviously a trilogy for good reason. This is the last of the three movies that Nolan is supposed to be making for them, and I don't think he has any intention to make another one ever. So I really, I really, honestly hope they don't go and add on to this because, uh, despite the problems that I think that Rises has, I think it wraps up pretty well as far as like every character arc, in my opinion. Yeah, it wraps up really well. I mean. You only get a little... There's just little things that happen towards the end of the movie, like the very subtle mentioning of Robin, uh, John Blake, which is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. And for the longest time, I thought that that meant that there was going to be a spinoff, and maybe they were going to use Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a um, as a, a lead for a, a Robin series. Um, but obviously, this was before the time where, you know, like the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson that just came out, we are already here... Yeah a rumored series coming out and then one that's already confirmed with um the guy the actor that played penguin um and uh you know you would think if this came out if this trilogy came out now um i'm almost certain they would give an offer to joseph gordon levin to do a separate series probably on like hbo and be all kinds of sequels and spinoffs and it'd be this whole fucking ran into the ground thing yeah, and I personally... That's why, I I mean, it just really uh, it feels like, uh, it feels like a, a time, you know, all wrapped up together. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but it's like... <laughs> I, I know what you mean. It's like a... Um, it's over and done. It's over and done, and it's captured perfectly in... Two. It's, a ti- it's a time and place. Yeah, it's captured in a time where, like, that wasn't happening. Streaming wasn't really even that big of a thing in 2012 it was still gaining momentum and uh now that these movies have came out they're still selling physical copies streaming is gaining traction these movies have found their way like permanently onto streaming sites and uh for good reason you know it's it's an incredible trilogy it might be the last uh series of movies for a uh like a superhero or a comic book superhero villain that uh i think honestly is is at the top the top of their their game uh it's really 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 well made um obviously the second movie being the best but the first and third movie just tie the the dark knight together 
um, you know, the prequel and the sequel. It's uh, it's, it's almost refreshing watching watching all three of them in uh, in succession. Like, a here a, a comic book movie with like a, a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. It's almost like a comic that just book. doesn't go on for fucking ever. Yeah, it, it just yeah. With no end in sight. Yeah, there is a, an end in sight in the. I love this this series. It's really good. There's not enough good things to say about it. Uh, it's always something that I'd like to to reach for. I don't even really like to watch any of these movies individually, except for The Dark Knight. Um, but if I can watch all three back to back, I would rather do that. Actually, if I stare long enough at the poster for The Dark Knight Rises, the text that's on the bottom is driving me nuts, and I feel like it should be moved to the right a little bit. It's just driving me crazy. Um, I hate the. If you want to send a, if, if you want to send them an email about it, I'm sure they'll fix it. Yeah, I'll send a revision. <laughs> There's also a theme that I noticed. I meant to mention this the other day with Christopher Nolan movies, where almost all of them are just like a. Um, a an image that's been like heavily edited on photoshop and there's not much like graphic design shit going on and just the title of the movie on the very bottom like almost every movie he's ever done is like that yeah he has a very minimalistic style as far as like promotional stuff yeah tenet's the only one where he switched it up and for good reason i love that poster (laughs) i really do Still have not seen Tenet. I need to rectify that now that I'm in a an, a Nolan mood. Yeah. You wanna uh you wanna hear about the Gray Man? Yes, please, because I'm probably not gonna watch it. <laughs> it's an okay movie. It um. It, it's unfortunate. I was like, uh, I saw the cast and I was like, how are they gonna fuck this up? Because it's it's Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling, and Ana de Armas, and uh, some other people too. Yeah, which we've talked about before, but the uh, the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Ana de Armas is uh, something that I'm really glad to see again in a movie. Um, they they both starred in Blade Runner 2049, right? Yeah, so this is a, re- a, a reunion of sorts. Yeah, so this is a reboot of Blade Runner, <laughs> where he just plays a guy that's Please. pretty much uh, James Bond. Um, but uh, it's called Gray Man because this is a man that... Uh, his identity is wiped clean. He doesn't have a name. He has little to no family. We don't know if this particular character has any family at all, but he's not the only one that's been recruited by the CIA. Apparently there's multiple people that have been pulled out of prison. Um, and uh, basically their their sentence being wiped clean um, as long as they cooperate with the CIA on these, these missions. And Ryan Gosling plays a character that... Uh, you know, is um, assigned a task to get rid of one of the other Sierra members. They're called Sierra agents. Um, and, um, you know, he figures out that the guy that he's working for is actually up to something because he thinks that the target that he's taking out is a bad guy. And they actually use the phrase, the bad guy. And that drove me nuts. Oh, my God. It drove me nuts. Might as well, like, might as well just call him the, ba- the baddie. <laughs> the baddie. I was like, what the? You can't do that. Come on, man. And um, but I don't know. It's it's a good movie if you just want to zone out and just watch some actiony shit. Um, obviously I, I confused the the directors for this for the black phone. That was my mistake. I should have known better. Than yeah, that. I was like, but, what the fuck are you talking about, yeah, bro? Yeah, it, it's by the the Russo brothers, uh, Anthony and Joe Russo or Russo. 
um, and both of them. It looks like they they haven't been able to get out from under the whole Avengers thing because they've made like this and one other movie, and neither of them have had really great reception. Yeah, they have a Marvel ball and chain. Uh, I feel like they've you know probably put their signature down on a few pieces of paper for uh, the last few years and haven't had the opportunity to make a movie like this that's completely their own um, idea and their own direction, and they don't really have to necessarily work under such scrutiny um and uh you know it's a netflix movie this was made for netflix there's no doubt about that after seeing this it's uh just supposed to be a movie that's supposed to you know people want a good action movie that's not a marvel movie then this is it um it's not uh i was surprised to see that this wasn't coming to theaters so i guess maybe maybe they didn't have that much faith in it uh anyway from the from the get-go yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it might have been a hard sell, the actual uh, plot of the movie. But um, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like it's a on the surface, it's like how could go, how how could you go wrong with that cast and the directors? But you know, I'll tell you what went wrong. They did somehow. I'll tell you. It's the script. Well, tell me. It's the script, man. Yeah, that's what it all boils down that's to. What it all boils down to because this script clearly. They wrote a draft, and they did it really quickly, and just decided, um, this is it. There was no revision. There was no... It felt very like first draft, especially if you're going to call the villain the bad guy. Yeah, it felt very first draft, and it felt like no, there was no time taken into thinking about the character development and, and whatnot. I'm still not entirely sure what the fuck the background is for Anna de Armas' character. Um, Danny Miranda. Um, she has a last name for some ungodly reason, even though Ryan Gosling's character uh, apparently doesn't. According to this on Letterboxd, uh, it does, he, his character does have a name. It's Court Gentry. Um, but the entire movie, you know him as Sierra Six. They might have mentioned that name at the beginning of it. But Honor de Armas, there might have been some background to it that I didn't, I missed. But um, it was very, very low character development. It was kind of hard to follow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It was just too much. Um, if it's literally called the Gray Man, personally, I think because there's so much smoke and smoke bombs and. And smoke from explosions. That's what I. You can't see one of the uh, one of the reviews I read on Letterbox was like, "There's so much smoke in every action scene." Yeah, that's. I literally, yeah, I'm literally looking at that right now, and that's why I made that comment because I agree. There's so why is every action sequence filled with smoke? You know, it's just you don't need that much. We want to be able to see it. They should call this the Smoke Man. The smoke. Guy. Hey, smoke is gray. Smoke is gray, apparently. Yeah. That's what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. If you're looking for a movie just to sit down and, and watch late at night, you'll probably fall asleep, too. You're not going to miss much. Um, Man, that sucks. Sounds like a fart in the wind type of movie. Those are always the worst movies that are just like, you know, they're not good. They're not bad, necessarily. They're just kind of there, and it just feels like a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, his character, he plays, Ryan Gosling plays a character that's very realistic. You know, he's constantly groaning at, uh, 
you know, blows that he's taken, stab wounds, gunshots. And um, what I appreciated from the movies that Ryan Gosling has done in the past is that his characters are very immortal. It seems that he's never going to die. He's completely, you know, tone deaf, emotionless. And I expected that from this, but I had my doubts when I saw the, the Russo brothers were directing this because... Um, you, you, you say, you've said that about him before, but I think uh, he, he, does do, he does play that type in a lot of his movies, but there's a couple movies where he plays against type, and it's, it's, uh, it's really good to see. Like, uh, he, he really kind of plays, uh, he gets the shit fucking beat out of him in Blade Runner 2049. Like, you can, you can tell he's, uh, he's getting fucked up. Yeah, but if you want and, a, uh, a guy that plays a, a replicant that doesn't really feel pain to the extent that real humans do, Brian Gosling's your man. That's a no-brainer. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's, uh, he's good in that aspect for sure. Yeah. But, uh. There's another movie he's in called uh, The Nice Guys, where he's like yeah. he's really really funny. It's probably the funniest he's ever been, and he gets the, he gets the absolute shit cat kicked out of him throughout the entire movie. And that one again too. Yeah, I just don't like. <clears throat> Sorry, I just don't like any movie where he's, nice, <laughs> where he's screaming, because he has this. Where he's screaming? He has this weird scream. I don't know where I've seen it in, but I'm going to sort his... God damn it! He does this weird... It's like There's like a crackling in his voice whenever he does that. And I, I've heard it in Nice Guys, and it made me want to turn it off. Um, I'm pretty sure he does it in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines, too, when he's on the phone with like, like the cops or whatever. And he's screaming. And um, he just... I don't know, man. Any movie where he has to raise his voice, it's like don't don't worry about it. He doesn't need to do that. <laughs> it's just it's just grating on you for whatever reason. <laughs> whatever he's screaming about, it's not worth it. Like shut the fuck up. I hate that shit. It's <laughs> it takes me out of the movie because I'm just like oh okay. He has this pussy ass scream, and I'm just like I wish this guy would shut up. Yeah, it just exactly. Just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Don't smile. Don't have emotions. Just shoot people, and when you get shot. Don't even flinch. <laughs> Just don't even, don't even sweat it. Don't even sweat it, bro. Don't worry about it. These are real guns. I swear. Uh-oh. Baldwin. Excuse me? Baldwin. Baldwin? Yeah. Like Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Is he in the movie? No, I was just thinking of the... Um, is it Alec Baldwin where he shoots a gun on set? Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, where he killed he killed killed somebody yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What made you think about that? Well, I was just saying, uh, yeah, I was making a joke about Ryan Gosling shooting a real gun on set, and then I, I just remembered about the Alec. Baldwin oh, okay. Thing. So I just quickly googled Alec Baldwin to see if that's still in the news, and it is not. People have already forgot about that. Leah, well, yeah, I mean, you had to remind me about that one. You know, it's funny when you Google his name. In the press, he's just constantly uh, uh, defending um, his pregnant wife and his his many children. He's just what, bro? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why he's um, even making the news for that. It's like, did we already forget what happened? <laughs> I don't think he's been like sentenced or anything yet. It's uh, 
It's going to be weird when that actually happens. I don't know what's going to go down with that. Yeah. I don't really keep up with that type of shit. Well, I don't think he's getting sentenced. I think it's he's not held liable for that because he was handed a real gun the, the producers of that yeah it's that not are. honestly i mean I, I mean as far as like maybe manslaughter but i mean i don't know i don't know how that shit works i mean i'm looking at a uh, an article here that was just posted on the 15th that says the uh, the rust producer is not liable for assault in alec baldwin's shooting lawsuit so now i'm thinking who is because somebody fucking died who's who's taking the fall for that yeah, somebody, somebody's got to go to jail for all that shit. I think they're trying to pin it on, like, the armorer, the person who, like, uh, did the props and shit. Yeah. And gave gave Alec Baldwin a loaded fucking gun. Yeah, whoever so, physically uh, put... I guess we'll see what happens with that. Whoever physically put the bullets in the gun is the person responsible. And it's not the producer, the director, the actor who shot them. It's none of that. The person who put the bullets in the gun. Because it's not even like a Brandon Lee type situation where it's they're shooting blanks and the blank fucking killed the person. It's like an it was this was an actual bullet that killed someone and injured somebody else. Yeah, Brandon Lee. That was the the crow, right? The guy that the yeah yeah. I forgot about him. Damn. R.I.P. R.I.P. Wow. Um, okay, what else we got? Talked about Gray Man, Black Phone, Community Street. Oh, oh, I wanted to wait until I got on the podcast to tell you this. I finally saw a simple plan. Oh, yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah, I saw it, pal. Do you want to do you want to maybe save that for like a Patreon episode cuz I have a friend who's really wanting to come on and talk about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Finally, I'm ready to talk about this movie with somebody. Yeah. Is it one of your friends that's uh, over there right now? or? No, they're not here right now. Uh, we can probably maybe set it up sometime this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Awesome. All right, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Give me one second. I got to open the door and let my cat out. Okay, I'll vamp. I know Nope is opening this weekend. Um, the new Jordan Peele movie with Kiki Palmer and Daniel yeah. Kaluuya. Um, I'm seeing some early reviews on that. It looks pretty good. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping to go see that sometime soon. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Us when it came out uh, a couple years ago, but I do still really like Get Out. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Peele in general. I don't like that he's making horror movies i think that he would be much better service making like comedy i like his comedy skits with uh uh what's his name i think he he kind of infuses comedy in these movies really well yeah yeah and, he, while, he while also being pretty serious and having like a high concept he does like the the, the key and peel stuff uh they they seep into his movies just very uh he just sprinkles them in there is moments where you know it, it'll get a laugh but it's intended to be scary and um i don't know i don't my hopes aren't very high for this movie that's about to come out i just don't really care for the the concept the idea but i also said the same exact thing when i saw the trailer for both us and get out um so i don't know he's very good though at making uh an idea that you wouldn't think is going to be very good and then the second it comes out you're like wow that was actually pretty good I'm not gonna lie 
you know? So, I, I have no doubt that movie's going to be good. It'll be worth a watch. I need, a, I need like, a, a good old-fashioned alien abduction movie. Yeah, that's what it, that's, uh, that's what it looks like it's going to be about. Yeah, it looks like so. it is. They're trying to uh, capture evidence that that this thing even exists because uh, it's like abducting friends and uh, you know neighbors and whatnot on this uh, this uh, it looks like a desert, I guess. Uh, it yeah. says it says lonely gulch of inland California. So yeah, not quite desert, but uh, yeah. Very excited to see that. Hope it's good. I hope so, too. Um, if I'm not too busy, I might go see it this weekend. Uh, if not, I'll see it next week. Um, or I might choose to see Top Gun. If enough people get distracted by this and they'll free up some seats for Top Gun, then I'll go see that. Then we can find That'll probably end, up, probably end up happening. Hope you... Yeah, I would love to do that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Anything else you've been watching? No, just been uh, just been chilling. I just started. I just went back to work yesterday and today. Not happy about that, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> well, good luck with that. All right, that's all we got for today, guys. Um, don't forget to shoot us an email over at tmecast at gmail Again, that's uh, tmecast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram under the same name. Um, hit us up. Uh, you want to hear us talk about a movie, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, we're just going to be talking about ones that we watched, regardless of whether you guys have seen it. So, All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to get dressed, take a shower. I'm going to go get uh, some Mexican food with the boys. Oh, yay. Can I come? Oh, wait. Can you make it here in an hour? I think so. <laughs> you got work in the morning, bub, don't you? I can make a quick stop. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in about an hour, an hour and a half then. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see all of y'all next week. Take it easy. All right. Bye, everybody. See you, suckers.